Hello and welcome to another episode of the Mars Podcasters, episode 11. Who are these asshats jammering at you through the magic of podcasting? My name is Shannon, and as usual, joined here by my brother Jake. Asshats is very appropriate. Very, very appropriate. And you notice Jake has a cold, so we're actually our special guest is Barry White, if anyone's Yeah, guessing. yeah, this week. I've been, been sick for a few days, but I don't want to miss a, a fortnight, so I've got to keep going on. Yeah, this is how much we love our listeners, ladies and gentlemen. We are soldiering away despite illness, death, the plague. We will be here talking absolute garbage at you 100% of the time. So, what are we going to do today? I have uh, continued on my warpath of bad movies to make Jake love, and I'm giving him The Green Lantern, the Ryan Reynolds 2011 monstrosity. I'm going to make him find the good in that, and I'm going to try and tear it apart. The CG wonder that is. It is an absolute CG wonderland. Also, we are, and that very fitting too, we are going to be talking about good directors who make bad movies. Uh, Where does it all go wrong? These people are the shining light, the beacon for all of good in humanity by by directing great movies, but sometimes they, they miss the mark, and we're going to talk about that today. And then we are going to turn on a dime, ladies and gentlemen. We Jake's going to have a rant. He's going to get angry. Yeah, I'm angry. He's going to fire up. He's going to give you a rant. Cats and dogs are making out with each other. It's it's gone crazy. The world has gone nuts. Jake's doing a rant. Stay tuned for next week too because I am doing a quiz. That's how that's where we're going to do it. I'm going to do a quiz next week. He's going to do a rant. That's coming up on the Mars Podcasters episode 11. Brightest day, blackest night. No evil shall escape my sight. Let those who worship evil fight. Beware my power. And nobody has more power than I do. It's unbelievable. I have so much power, I don't know what to do with it. The Donald's light. All right, okay, we're done. Before Ronald Re- Ryan Reynolds gave us probably the best comic book hero we've ever seen on screen. Anti-hero, but yes. Anti-hero, but before he gave us that in Deadpool, he, he's had a couple of cracks at uh, superhero movies. He finally got Deadpool right, but before he, he gave us Deadpool, he gave us Green Lantern, and he gave us the Hal Jordan Green Lantern. So that's what we're going to talk about today, uh, directed by Martin Campbell, and, uh, and back in 2011, actually stars Blake Lively, who's Ryan Reynolds' now uh, wife. But we have Green Lantern. Now, the reason I've picked this is because it's not great. Let's face it, it's, no, it's, not, it's, it's, it's really not a not good, good movie. It's really not good. Uh, it starts. It stars uh, Ryan Reynolds as Hal Jordan, our first Greenland, the first humanoid Greenland that we see, uh, and it's basically an origin story, and uh, it sets apart. Uh, it gives us a, a very famous uh, Greenland villain in Parallax. Uh, it also has Sinestro in there. Gives us uh, some really well-known characters uh, from the comic books that the Greenland fans should have loved and enjoyed. I don't think any of them did because I think it did a very poor job of setting up Hal Jordan. But effectively, uh, Hal Jordan has to defend the planet from Parallax. And, uh, and basically, how he becomes a Green Lantern is the story we get. And it probably is a good place to start right at the start. But it's not good. It's not good as, a, as, a, as an origin story. It doesn't set up the Green Lantern and, and quite a heavy mythos in the Green Lantern area. Probably one of the more heavy, dense areas we have for, for, um, for, for history. The Green Lantern mythos is actually quite large. Yeah, there's so many there's so many different versions of Green Lantern, as well as different characters, different uh, planets. As you do get a very small glimpse of in the Green Lantern. Yeah, movie. we start with narration, and it's really heavy on narration, uh, and they use narration as the backstory, basically. Oh, and by the way, these are all Green Lanterns, and this is how Green Lantern works. There must be a better way to set up the story and Green Lantern than that, than set us up with narration over basically Starfields. It doesn't, it's not a particularly uh, inviting way. It's not particularly, it's very dense and heavy information, but you don't actually get a lot out of it. And it's so slow, it's not engaging at all. It's very slow opening that doesn't really show you much 
and doesn't really uh, draw you into the movie to give you anything to look forward to. No, that's right. So, so what did you find? What are the good parts you thought were, were good about this movie? Well, this is a very small list. It's going to be tiny. It is a tiny list. I thought the music was very good throughout. Yeah, that's it's like saying the lighting's good. Man. It is like saying the lighting's good, but the mu- music is very good throughout. I mean, especially in the first opening bit where he's running through the town um, towards his dad was very, very good. It was very light and it was probably the, the, the best part of the um yeah i slipped into a diabetic coma at that stage i mean talking about <laughs> you, gee they they laid that on thick oh uh, that that whole sequence was repeated what four five yeah. times and his dad was just like winking at him the whole time like he they've, they've literally google searched uh ways to make me feel sorry for for a character and like dad dying is the first one and and dc are, are hitting it hard in this one they oh. and they replay it so many times but you you knew he was going to die from the moment yeah. you saw him, when he comes in to see sleeping kid and, you know, that you'll be right sport, here's my jacket kind of yeah. garbage. The jacket throwing thing got me straight away. When he throws keep his... Keep this warm for keep me. Keep this warm for me, fella. Like, you might as well call him slugger, tiger and sport. It was just so heavily laid on that bit. And it wasn't good writing. I mean, I think I think the first thing I'm to point out, it took five writers yeah. to do this. Yeah. And one of them is a really big... Hero or not hero of mine, but a really person I look up to in Greg Berlanti, yeah. who does all the um, Warner Brothers things at the moment. So that was really disappointing to see his name yeah. attached to this top movie. And that that whole flashback with with Hell's father, the makeup is really bad. They're obviously trying to make Tim Robbins and the other characters that in that in there that continue on twenty years from there yeah. m- look younger, but it looks super fake. It's almost. Uh, shot with like a dreamy kind of filtered Vaseline smudged lens on it to try and make everything feel a bit more dreamy. Yeah, the big the big difference between Ant Man and um, obviously Green Lantern now. I mean, it's a few years difference in CGI, but yeah. it's a hell, hell of a big difference. But I think it was just makeup, and I think it was just lighting and makeup, and it just looked poor. I've seen better lighting on a porno, quite frankly, in some of those scenes. It's just not. It wasn't good, and it wasn't structured well. I yeah, think people notice the lighting isn't on my list. This yeah, time, so. but, and they really just tried to make you f- invest in that character really early. By throwing us a, you know, the carrot of oh well, his dad dies. Feel sorry for him, and that doesn't invest you in the character at all. It no. just it's right there. It's so obvious what they're trying to do is build relationship and rapport with his character. I don't really feel anything for Hal Jordan at the end of it. I don't think he grows as a character. No, uh, he doesn't have a great arc as a, as an actual development in character. He's kind of smug when he starts and he's kind of smug when he finishes and that's kind of it. Yeah, I mean, that's probably the best part is when he when he is being smug. That's probably the best part of the I whole... I mean, look, Ryan yeah. Reynolds' natural wit comes yeah. through and I reckon there's probably scenes in there that have been punched up by Ryan Reynolds. I reckon he's ad-libbed some of that. Oh, probably. Okay, and, and and the best stuff is, is kind of his off-the-cuff off remarks. But the rest of it's just not great. Yeah, the script isn't good. It's not a good script. It's, it's really, really dull. It's uh, not a lot of... Ac- I mean, the action is pretty weak. The yeah, action is terrible. Absolutely terrible in this. Now you're supposed to be talking good. What oh, sorry, the good, good have you thought? <coughs> good. My second part is um, the things that come out of the ring. Yeah. They don't look particularly good. No. There's times where they look like, alright, but the use of what they do is uh, actually enjoyed. Yeah. Where he was finding a uh, parallax in the last bit where he slingshot the, uh, the the truck and then hit it with the, with the um, machine gun. That was probably the highlight of the whole action sequence for me. Where it, that was the only good part, redeeming factor of. It seems overkill to me that you would actually have to envision a. Shotgun or a, a chain gun that has bullets. It seems weird that. Yeah, but it seems weird that you'd go through those machinations rather than just you know, oh, here's a handgun and or anything where you just shoot a bullet. Like we've seen, he can shoot kind of fields of energy. Why? What are you mucking around? Well, I mean, I think your story's flawed there, but the look of that was quite cool how we did that, how they kind of transitioned from one thing to another. That was really cool. Yeah, and, and you know, I thought the big set piece in the middle of it where he saves the crashing helicopter. With a racetracky thing was just crap. Yes, well, that, like that, that's why I mentioned that part. That's it why. just 
didn't work. And I, I think even a character later on, his his buddy character makes the point that like a racetrack is that the best you could come up with. Yeah, that guy is actually a director, actually a really well known director. Uh, and uh, and has done some really great stuff, some really independent stuff. He's actually got the next Thor. Okay. He's directing Thor Ragnarok, okay. uh, yeah, which yeah. is being shot in Queensland at the moment. But yeah, he's actually a well-known director, and I didn't realise he was an actor until I saw him in this for the first time. Uh, second time, because it's the second time I've seen it. What else you got? That's pretty much... That is a short list. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I did I did like the, the chemistry between Blake Lively and Ryan Reynolds, even though I thought it was a bit a bit too much in the end. Um, and she's not a good actress. I, I don't like Blake Lively. She's, she's a stunning, stunning looking girl. She looks fantastic. But as an actress, no. She's just horrible. She's very earnest, isn't she? Yeah. She really gives that kind of, oh, I'm, yeah. I'm angry feeling. And you just, you're just like, yep, there they go. Back, yeah. to, back to the corner. Come on, settle Come down. Come on, settle down. Um, Take a chill pill. I thought Peter Sarsgaard was pretty good uh, as, as, the, as the villain, which I don't even know his name. Um, but I thought he was good. Yeah, Brainiac. Brainiac? Yeah. Is he Brainiac? I think it's Brainiac. I would assume it's Brainiac. I don't think it is. We should probably check that. Probably check that. <laughs> we probably should, should have done some research. Well, 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 um, but I thought he was well, good. No, no, I thought he was okay. You know, I thought didn't think he was he was too bad in that. And and I thought he 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 played with what he got. He didn't get a lot. No, he didn't get a lot. The the, the other thing I found is that the the villains themselves. I mean, we see Sinestro turn want the yellow ring, and and that's the the turn kind of at the end of the. Well, setting up the sequel. The that film, never setting, happened. setting the sequel that never happened. But yep. Sinestro um, was really had quite. Uh, quite a principal reason for wanting... He really wanted to, to help fix the situation and thought getting a yellow ring would I think Sinestro's a really interesting character. They probably should have given more time to and it. And well played by Mark Strong. I think yeah. Mark Strong was pretty good in it. And I also thought that uh, the other character, the Brainiac character, whoever we're, we're talking I'm still about Googling. at the moment, still Googling, but that character I felt actually really sorry for as a villain because all he did was get his finger pricked when he's having a look at the, the crashed alien. Yeah. And he ended up... Uh, basically turning on that point. That's a fairly sympathetic villain who really just wanted to be liked in the end and really just kind of felt a little bit... He was... I mean, his dad's an arsehole to him. The Tim Robbins character is an absolute jerk to him. Yeah. And he, all he really wanted to do was be accepted and and it kind of played on that fear. And he then could start hearing people's thoughts and everyone's thoughts was really jerky towards him. So I, I actually thought he was pretty sympathetic. Uh, and so those two villains that we were supposed to hate by the end or, or, or be scared of... Uh, really were quite sympathetic characters, not Sinestro, yeah. but certainly the Brainiac character, whoever that is. So I thought that that was, that was fairly poor in the fact that they, they didn't have a very well-defined... And Parallax really didn't have a defined reason for doing what he was doing. It was kind of just, I'm Parallax and I'm big and I'm a big tentacle monster. Really, that's all it was—a big tentacle monster. Yeah, and, and a, fa- a really weird, faceless tentacle monster. The, it was, yeah. I mean, the whole bad CG was just really—it was really. There was some stuff that was okay. There was some uh, some stuff the, that the looked su- alright. The, the super suit. Oh, the I'm going to get to the super suit. Don't steal my thunder, okay, baby. Sorry. If I'm doing sorry. the bad stuff, this is what I'm doing. The super suit is the, is really bad though, and they made a very poor decision to animate the suit consistently, then have. Uh, practical effects on site. Well, before we before we get any further, his name's just Hector Hammond. He's not an actual. So bad guy. he doesn't get a bad guy. No, name. It's just his name's just Hector Hammond. Okay, so he gets a no and, bad guy name, and he gets telekinesis and all that stuff. Okay. He gets. we've offended everyone by calling him Brainiac. I think because yeah, probably. I, I, I don't know Brainiac very well, but he had a big brain. So yeah, well, yeah, fair enough. Yeah, okay. So the animated super suit was pretty bad. It actually is a great couple of callbacks in in Deadpool. We get a couple of good lines out of it. Yeah, from, and from a good little visual uh, at the start as well with the. But it wasn't good having an animated suit. It didn't add to the story. I don't understand why they needed to do it. And it really drew me out of it sometimes because I was paying attention to the suit and where it ended on his neck rather than 
than what he was actually saying. And the saying. weird look he had in his face. Yeah, the, the change of the eyes and the and the mask that moved that came in and out. But I just I, thought it was really poor. Honestly speaking, how much money would it cost to animate that rather than just build a freaking suit? Yeah, it didn't seem smart to me that you wouldn't have practical effects in that and that you would have a, a, a suit that's really obviously CG. Uh, and I thought that that... And that goes for all of... I mean, a lot of the Green Lanterns had to be CG because they were uh, alien creatures. So yep. you have to kind of go in that area. But I would have thought Ryan Reynolds' suit could have been just a suit. Well, I mean, it, it's gone really bright green for no reason. I mean, there's, there's there's dark green versions of it that looks like a armor-wearing suit in the in the, in the comic books and in the animated series and all the animated cartoons. To think that we had a practical Iron Man suit whenever Robert well, Downey Jr. was walking around, but we yeah. don't have a, a practical Green Lantern suit, which is effectively just green latex. I would have exactly. thought we could well, do it. But you don't even need to do green latex. You could have done like a, a Batman-ish version of it and... It would have been looked just as good. Yeah, I just don't even think it was, better. I just don't think it was a good choice, and I think it drew you out of the characters. And I think it's very heavy CG, and it's bad. It's not good CG. Yeah, I just don't think you get a lot out of it. Rather than, I think some practical in-camera effects would have been a hell of a lot better and made me appreciate it more. Yeah. Um, I, I think, you know, I think Hal Jordan is super selfish, and as I said, doesn't have a great arc. Uh, his family are jerks to him. He's kind of a jerk to everyone else. They try to build rapport with the dead dad. They try to build rapport with his nephew or whatever he has that conversation yeah. about, um, you know, uh, taking on your dreams and doing all that kind of stuff and not being afraid. And that's clearly very heavy on the themes of fear and and uh, and will and all that kind of stuff that, that obviously drive the Green Lanterns. But I just don't think it was a good character arc. I think the Blake Lively character, his girlfriend is really odd because she he turns up, he makes her the emerald necklace, which apparently when he... Uh, manifest stuff out of the ring it can stick, stick around apparently. indefinitely I don't know why but apparently, apparently can yeah. uh, and then she just turns when he drops him back she's just like oh yeah I'm done with that and she sort of wanders inside and he's kind of stuck outside uh, was I missing a deleted scene or she just all of a sudden turned him and then the next scene she's she's right with him again and she's encouraging him he's like I'm a failure and she's like no you're not you get back on that horse yeah it's, it's really it's really odd um, up and down for that those characters I'm not sure if they were trying to build suspense uh, will they won't they kind of moment but it didn't really work for them it didn't really the thing that disappointed me about this the most, if you're going to go heavy, heavy CG, you're going to have some great set pieces. And there really wasn't great set pieces. The Hector Hammond, uh, when he turns and he's got the Black Lively character with a syringe that's, you know, he's controlling that. There was no danger. I didn't really feel any danger in that. Hal gives him the ring. We know that the ring only works for Hal and no, yeah. no one else. It doesn't. There was no real danger. It didn't feel like he was... You know, you get the secondary bad guy where the, the character's got to get over. That didn't feel like that at all. It just felt like a just attacked on piece. And then the parallax scene lasted what would have been a couple of minutes. And Yeah, and I never felt like Hal was in, ever in danger of not winning. No. Like he, like I knew with Batman, you see it sometimes where you're like... You obviously, you know he's going to win. But when he's fighting Bane in Dark Knight Rises, for example... You see the, the beaten down part and then he comes back and beats him. Which is probably a movie cliche in itself, but to have no danger at all and go straight from one bad guy to automatically figure out how to beat the next bad guy. Is just yeah. And, 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 you know, Parallax is a manifestation of fear and yet he's scared of explosions and it just doesn't seem like it's a smart way of getting there. He dra- draws him away from the planet He draw- as opposed to what Superman does and just smash the whole scene. But yeah. he draws him away from the planet and he draws him into a sun and that's effectively how he gets over the over Parallax. Yeah, two rocket. Like he had two Yeah, the two jet jets fives. obviously going back to his old dogfight. Yeah. The dogfight scene's actually not too bad. Yeah, it's not a bad little you know, scene. But it's it's long. It's long in the in the in the context of it doesn't really do a lot. But, but it, I just want to know, like, what what was the point of him them demonstrating to two pilots? Yeah, I I didn't really get that. I mean, obviously we're trying to work out whether the 
the drones are better than the pilots. So yeah, but tell the pilots not to not to win. Yeah, I don't don't go. Okay, try and win, and then yell at them for winning. Yeah, I, it didn't make a lot had, of sense. I know he blew up a, a million dollar plane yeah. for, just because he wanted to win, but a billion dollar plane, billion dollar plane because he wanted to win. But that was the Ryan Reynolds was right. That's the whole point of that movie. Oh, that that tactical point was to yeah to uh, win. Look, and the scene, the, the action scenes don't do anything any justice at all. Greenland doesn't do a lot through this whole movie anyway. Uh, his his scenes aren't particularly well put together. The action, there's no real hand to hand combaty type stuff. Um, Hal gets his ass kicked by a bunch of guys that he disappointed after he crashed the fighter jet, and then straight up murders them with a giant green lantern. Fist yeah, it's pretty funny that, that they just, just like they kill. So they looked absolutely mangled by the time they were by done. a giant. I mean, one went through a car, I'm pretty sure, and through a, through wall. a brick wall. Yeah, yeah. so I reckon I'm he's pretty, pretty sure he's, he's pretty wrecked. So paralyzed. Um, but you know, Hal Jordan's oath of only uh, only taking down the bad guys really didn't kind of fly with that. But he isn't particularly interesting or th- sympathetic, and I think we, I don't feel like I know the Green Lantern mythos or the character better than I did pr- previously. And as an origin story, that that worries me. That's why this movie I think was universally not liked because it didn't do a great job of setting up anything to do with Green Lantern. It didn't set up Hal as a particularly interesting character to me. I didn't really care if he won or lost, to be honest. He just did, wasn't interesting. And Parallax for what it's worth, was simply just a big kind of blobbery tentacle mess. It didn't... No, see, that's where I think... Yeah, it found, you're right. It's 100% right. It's where it fails miserably is that Green Lantern is such a good character and he's such a good moral character. You know, he you know he has a problem with the way Batman does things. Yeah. And he's, he's got such high morals, but you didn't really see that in... Yeah, we don't see movie. any of that explored. We see him as kind of a jerk. Yeah, and in the end, he still finishes as kind of a jerk. Arrogant, Maybe he's arrogant, learned a little bit. Arrogant dick turned to an arrogant dick. He doesn't really do a lot. He doesn't have a great... Great arc, and he's not. I wouldn't put him against other superheroes, and and would be able to draw out his his the the reasons for existing more than anyone else. But he's such a strong character as well, and they don't really show him. They show him more lucky than anything else. Knowing that really last pushing him into the sun. Yeah, he works that out. But yeah, really. But, that's. But I mean, really, the, the ending really bugged me as well because I mean, he he used a giant fist to punch him in the face. Yeah, I mean. That that was all it needed—a big giant fist to the face. Yeah, and, and it sent him flying to into the sun. You know. Yeah, and then to have the rest of the court kind of turn up and save him right at the end. Where, were they, where the hell were they the rest of the time? You know, where where was the rest of the? I mean, Sinestro is well. You go and fight him yourself and see what happens. But Sinestro's whole motivation through the whole movie has been we need to take down Parallax. Yeah. And finally, the Greenland Hell says, "I'll I'll try," and they go, "Go on then." Yeah, you but, try, but by yourself. Sinestro you have took to go by yourself. A bunch of people to him and got caned. Yeah. This is a brand new land, and you're going to try and let him go on his own. It doesn't make any sense. No, it makes zero. It makes sense. zero sense to just let him do that. Uh, it doesn't. That nothing makes sense. A lot of that stuff. No, the, the, like I said, like I said earlier that this the script is so bad. They have so many good stories and a few different origin stories with the new. I mean, I don't think the new Fifty Two was out yet, but it was on its way out. And they have so many incarnations of the Green Lantern. Other than Hal Jordan to, to work off, and they just mashed it completely. I really, you know, when we went, we go to um, Oa, Oa, he's the home planet. Yeah. So we go to, to the Green Lantern's home planet. That's a really ugly looking planet. Like it's all CGI. It yes. looks really ugly. Mm. I remember looking at uh, Asgard for the first time in Thor and how stunning that looked. It's all CGI again, but it really was a breathtaking. Yeah, yeah they've gone dark and. Marvel's gone but light. But they went ugly. They went really yeah, ugly. ugly in Stone Age. And and I was supposed to be this sort of beacon of, of will and hope and all that kind of stuff, and it just kind of gets yeah, lost. There's, it's just there's ugly. There's no hope there. There's just it's darkness. Just ugly. And a few glowing green rocks is about it. So I, I just think they made a real mistake in the way that they went about that as well. Um, Hell's decision to put a photo of his dad in a cockpit 
when that triggers him to basically have a panic attack and crash. That's not a good option, Hal. Don't maybe have that on your desk at work. Yeah, but maybe don't put it in your cockpit. But how many times has he flown and and done those maneuvers, and then all of a sudden, because his dad's pictures there, I'm going to die. Like that just, I hate that that throwback to that. He's a, a freaking pilot. Yeah. He would have flown thousands and thousands of hours, probably had a few mechanical malfunctions. Yeah. And all of a sudden now it's a big it's a big problem that he's going to fall and... I mean, we're trying to build backstory for but a character it does, that doesn't it's so, need it. It's so bad. Yeah, it doesn't need to be there. You don't need his motivation. He can simply be an hat who gets given a, a Green Lantern and that's the, that's the, the arc. He, he becomes less of an hat. He, he becomes... He learns the value of will and he ver- learns the value of... Um, being part of a team and being part of the core, and that could have been the arc. Yeah, and it just wasn't there. And you know, make him arrogant, make make the the plane crash because he's an arrogant piece of shit, and make that the arc that he learns the difference between the two. And he, he, you know, the lantern sees something that he doesn't see. He can have his own insecurities without his dad dying, and, and that hokey kind of throwback to parental death that we see in so many other superhero movies. Thor's doing okay; his dad's still alive for the first movie. You know, but yeah. just about every bloody superhero you can think of hasn't got their parents around, and that's the draw card. There's a lot of people who don't have their parents around that don't put on spandex and run around with shields. It, it's just it doesn't make a lot of sense that that has to be the only draw to. And we we're going to talk about tropes in our next in the next podcast. Yeah. Um. But that's just one of those ones. The dead parent seems to just be the driver through, and it's just really tacked on here. I don't know whether that's canon in the story. Well, see, I'm not, I, really I'm not a big a big Green Lantern fan, so I'm not really sure how that works in the story. But it doesn't need to be the the driving force behind him. It can be a flashback. It can be a, a little moment there, but it doesn't need to be the driving force and the and the big reason. We, and we and we see it five times. Yeah, like how many times are we going to see his dad die? Yeah, it just it doesn't. And the blow up and the stuff. It just you know his dad almost gives him the thumbs up like everything's okay. Everything's okay and it explodes. Then boom, yeah, it just seemed really tacked on and, and it didn't help with the character arc. I think that was my biggest disappointment. Uh, my stepson absolutely loves loves Greenland. It's his favorite superhero movie and he uh, superhero character and he doesn't mind this movie. But he's you know he's eleven, twelve, so he doesn't. You know, he, this is this is not the sort of stuff that he's worried about. But I just think it did a really massive disservice to those who love that character, and they deserve a much better better movie because they, it is actually a really detailed, deep, probably the most d- deep character in terms yeah. of mythos. Um, I mean, Superman stacked on, but Superman, you know, it explodes. I mean, we know where he comes from, but it explodes, and then he's on his own. Where we've got this massive thousand-year-old um, organization that's been running and there's all sorts of different lanterns and they all have different things that they do. And I just think that's a really great, you know, way of looking at that. And, and Hal Jordan goes through, a, you know, a really difficult time in the arc through the comics. Um, and, and I just don't think it, he was introduced very well. And I don't feel like I know that character better having seen that movie than I did previously. Yeah, see, I don't, I don't know a lot about Green Lanterns. So, I mean, even me watching that, I was just like, yeah, I really don't know what's happening. I don't know the big difference between... And when, and when and you get narration to start with and try to 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 fawn through all of the history back history, didn't didn't start well for me. When I'm having to you know listen to somebody just talk about parallax and talk about you know that sort of stuff, just didn't didn't grab me. And this is riot, and this is this, and this is that. This is a planet, and it didn't work for me. It just didn't sell that. There's so many better ways to introduce a character. Than, than there is in this area. Yeah, but do you think do you think you needed to to show all the lanterns doing that? I mean, I, I thought it would have been worked better. Cut out the CG. Yep. Bring Sinestro down to Earth. Yep. And get him to teach him on Earth. Yeah. And just cut out that 
you know, that hour and a, hour and a bit or hours of him flying back and forth and watching him fly around and get trained. I think it would have been worked better if they came to. Yeah, came. the training montage didn't do a lot for no, me either. No, it, it just should. I think it just they wasted the time. If they were going to spend the, the time telling a story, they should have done it on Earth with one character t- training him, like a like a like a mentor. And then in the next movie, if they were going to do that, then explore that. You got to set the character first. Yeah, and if they're I, trying to do too many things at once again. I know we keep we keep comparing DC and Marvel. We have to, but you look at how well Iron Man as a character is not really well known. And I'm not Green Lantern's probably better. Was more well known than oh, Iron Man was when he, when we're walking into this. But the introduction to Tony Stark. And he's so charismatic, and he's got, he's got a, he really starts as that ass hat character. He starts as the arrogant billionaire jerk. He really does, and then he goes through a real crisis of faith where he, he's now stuck in that, in, and he, and he has to find a way to get out, use his engineering to get out of that, that cave, and becomes Iron Man, makes the first Iron Man suit. Really gets However, I, will, I don't think you can compare Greenland to Iron Man. Only because it's a lot of, um, of uh, magic and a lot of mythos. Yeah, I know. But you, what I'm talking about is you, the character goes through a, a, a transformation. He goes through a, a, a faith. Yeah, he really has to change as a person in order to, to become the hero that everyone wants him to be. Yeah, but I think your, your probably better comparison is Thor. Mm. And they still did it better in Thor. Yeah. Like, I think Thor had a big, the same kind of arc mm. where he was that big brooding kind of arrogant, know, arrogant jerk. jerk get taught some humanity and became a better person for it. But Hal Jordan didn't have that. And they still incorporated the the magic and the, the, the sword and the different kind of techniques. And there's a lot of mythos to to Thor as well. Yeah. But we don't get bashed over all of it in narration to start with. And we don't get it for you know, we don't see his father dying four times as well. Yeah. So we just it just goes in and and it you you get drip fed that information and you make you feel like you're a part of the universe. I never felt like I was part of the Greenland universe. Or cared. Or cared enough to, to worry about it. So I think that's where they let it let him themselves down i really can't recommend this movie on that basis i just think it's a really poor example of a of an origin story and again it's dc having real problems getting these characters right they've got such a rich backstory in their comic books but they can't translate that to the big screen and i really think it's not they haven't got the director talent to come in and martin campbell's quite a good director but i don't think they've got the direction talent and i don't think they've got the studio really overplaying it to see the studio's not getting it right and the guiding hand in the studio. Yeah, you can see the problems way back then when they tried to start building the universe and it just failed miserably. I mean, look, I mean, the box office results speak for themselves. Mm. I mean, the budget was $200 million. Yeah, huge. That's a huge budget. Huge budget. Their return... Two hundred nineteen million. Yeah, that's worldwide. That's worldwide. Yeah. So, but its its opening weekend was a hundred million. Yeah. So, in the space of what nine weeks, they only made back their first week. No one was coming back for a second viewing. No, and and, they, and the word of mouth was getting out there that don't go and see this movie. Basically, it's not great. Yeah. So, it it was the Batman, Superman, um, Suicide Squad stuff all over again, where it it opened really well because there's a lot of love for the character and, and, it's, and it's got Ryan Reynolds attached and to Ryan it. And Ryan Reynolds is a very charismatic dude. He's he's, he's a, the he's the best part of this movie. He's he's, the be, he's a perfect Hal Jordan. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, as as he was a perfect Deadpool, but he wasn't played very well. No, I mean, IMDb five point six. Yep, about right. Yeah, um, oh, I think it's high. It's middle. Well, R- Rotten Tomatoes gave it a twenty six percent. Yeah, I think that's closer. But I mean, that that got a higher rating than Suicide Squad. Yeah, I'd rather watch Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah, I'll disagree because I thought Suicide Squad was garbage. Oh, it was garbage as well. But I'd rather watch Suicide Squad. But it's look, it's not a good movie either way you cut it. And I really hope at some stage with this new cinematic universe that DC are trying to get off the ground. They need to do a Green Lantern well. That we want to see a good Green Lantern. 
Yes, I really to. hope we do see it because he is good. He's a good part of the Justice League as he well, is. and I think we really need to see. And it, it gives it a bit of the magic feel that you don't have from all the other characters. Yeah, which is where they start. Marvel starting to get into with a little bit of the Guardians, but also more Stephen Strange, Doctor Strange. So I really hope that they do it justice because if nothing else, for my stepson, he'd love to see a great Green Lantern movie. Yeah. So my my recommendation, if you want to see a good uh, superhero movie with Ryan Reynolds. Go see Deadpool. Go see Deadpool. Um, do yourself a favour and go see Deadpool. It's so much better than this we can't even put into words. Uh, but that was Green Lantern. I ain't much for begging. You're kind of great, Claire. You didn't know that. It's sort of amazing. <laughs> oh, come on. I don't need an ice cream cone. I want to tell you my secret now. Talking about Green Lantern kind of leads us into our next point, which would be when directors go bad. And they are, look, the director... When good directors go bad. When good directors go bad, because we all know bad directors go bad. But good when good directors go bad. And effectively, what we've tried to do is come up with, with films from directors that don't quite meet the lofty standards that we expect out of these guys. There's always going to be missteps and there's always going to be uh, poorer films. Um, but these are ones that are slightly off, off, the, uh, off the pace from a director that we know and love. And... The first one, really, that I wanted to talk about, which is a really bleeding obvious one, is no. Nah, look, the first one I really wanted to touch on was Rob Reiner, and Rob Reiner is a is a really great filmmaker who's done a lot of very different movies movies across his his genre of yep. of his oeuvre. So he's done quite a bit. Um, you would know him from certainly from Spinal Tap as a director of Spinal Tap, and he really uh, he plays Marty DeBerge in that as well, and is the is a sort of a faux interviewer that sits off the side, but this is Spinal Tap is one of my favourite movies of all time. It is hilariously funny. Uh, the cast is incredible. Uh, and Rob Reiner, in that period, really made some great films. He did When Harry Met Sally. Uh, he had uh, a bunch of films. The one that he went off the off the rails with, and I, I actually don't mind this film. I'm going to talk about it now. The one that went really went off the wayside was North. Now, if you remember that's, North... That's, that's the one, the kid... That's Elijah Wood, who divorces his parents and then goes around the world to decide which parent he wants to live with overall and ends up picking his own parents. And it's yeah, and, they, and they, 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 they advertise. And, and he, it's Bruce Willis in a bunny suit, I think. Is that right? I think so, yeah. So that was that was a, the first big misstep. And uh, Rob Reiner directed that, and that, that hurt Rob Reiner a little bit because it really wasn't a good film. Um, and I look, I haven't seen it since I th- must have seen it when I was about 12 or 13. Yeah, I haven't seen it for And a I actually time. didn't mind it, but I... It really wasn't a good film, but he he came back in the end. He's done a done a bunch of stuff after that. Um, American but, President, and whatnot. Yeah, so he look. He's done some really great films, some really really fantastic films, but probably nothing after that. But I mean, he had a, a great run. He had The Princess Bride, When Harry Met Sally, Misery, and A Few Good Men, and yeah, then he that, did North. That's pretty. That's pretty. Uh a shit movie to come back from an awesome, yeah. awesome, awesome. And then he did the American President, which is okay. Yep. The rest of his do- his directing uh, movies are not great after that. Well, the bucket list is apparently very good. I haven't seen it, but I'm told it's quite it's a, it's a heart touching yeah uh, story. But I haven't seen it. But. Yeah, so it's it's not one that I that immediately jumps off the page is wow that's brilliant. Um, but that's the first one I wanted to go with. Who's the next one? Who's the first on your list? So my first one I'm going to throw at you is uh, one of my favorite directors. Yep. So it's Kevin Smith. It's going to hurt, isn't it? It is going to hurt because I, I I do love Kevin Smith's work and I admire the crap out of his choices. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But this movie was not good. And what movie would that be? Tusk. I there's a sheer bloody mindedness about Tusk that I actually admire. 
I, I really, I really liked his his the, the idea behind it and how it came out of a podcast idea, and he just ran with it for years yep. and prom- promoted it and asked the, the, the audience, mm-hmm. which didn't return its favor, mind you. No, but it's it's not a good movie. It's no. it's not it's not a it's a well directed movie. It's got the Kevin Smith charm, but it's just not. It's weird as fuck. Yeah, too. and it's really it's strange. not for everyone. Like I I I understand it. I yep. get it. I just don't like it. Yep, it's very different from Kevin Smith. I think. There's a couple of films that he's done you couldn't personally sit there and say, that looks like a Kevin Smith film. Red State's very different from anything he's ever done before. And very good. And Tusk is very different. Yes. And it's just, it's probably the other side of that coin where it's very different, but it's not necessarily very good. Yeah, he, he tried, it failed. But um, And I, now we're getting sort of a three-peat. A we're three, getting, uh, we, we're it, getting it, it, didn't, it didn't work at all, but now he's just making it because he likes to make movies, which I appreciate, I yeah, understand. But yeah. if you don't want to go see it, then don't go see it. But, I mean, it, it, it made... I think just over a million dollars at the box office. Yeah. Which yeah. isn't anything. But I think with Kevin Smith, I think he, he gets a lot of his money back from selling out shows and having individual um, sessions. Yeah. And he's quite an engaging guy to listen to and talk talk to. Yeah. So, so he has a lot of Q&A afterwards and stuff. Yeah. So, I mean, what it made at the box office, I'm not really counting because, I mean, he probably made his money back and then some. Yeah, that's right. With, um, with his touring of it. So what's your next one? My, my next one's Francis Ford Coppola, who is an incredible director, probably one of the finest directors of our generation. Um, you know, you would know him from uh, The Godfather. Uh, you'd know him from um, Apocalypse Now. Uh, you'd know him from a, a large number of very great films. And the one that you probably didn't realise was him was uh, Jack, the Robin Williams movie. <laughs> I actually did. I mean, I haven't seen it for a long time. But I actually, think you would see that it's garbage. I think I, I, think. I think I liked that movie. But he, he did a, a lot of fantastic films. I mean, very different from The Godfather and very different from you know Apocalypse Now. Um, to have to go into that and have uh, basically uh, a body switching film with a kid and Rob Williams uh, is very very different from what you're used to, and that's pretty much it for Francis Ford Coppola. He hasn't done much after that. He's done a bunch of movies that I haven't seen. The last one he did that probably everyone saw was The Rainmaker, the John Grisham novel. Yeah. Other than that, he's done basically nothing since then. Jack Rob Williams has ruined his career for <laughs> Francis Ford Coppola, but that's another one that just really weird film. Very different choice from everything he's done, but just it was a ba- it was a very basic body switching film, which was very strange. Well, it wasn't exactly a body switching film; it was it was him um, growing too fast. Yeah, it's the same. So concept. It's same concept, but yeah. not, not not quite the same. Now the pitchforks are going to be ready because sharpen them up, baby. Sharpen them up, set them on fire, do whatever you have to do them. Because I I'm going after James Cameron. Ooh, boo! And I'm probably going to dis- you're probably going to disagree with me. Yep. And the billions of dollars this movie has made is going to disagree with you. Are you going to say Avatar? I'm going to say Avatar. That's ridiculous. The Avatar is one of the worst movies I've ever seen. That is a disgrace. Are you saying that James Cameron didn't make bad films like Piranha 2, The Flying Killers? No. Because that is actually a James yeah, Cameron I, film. Yeah, but I haven't seen that. I haven't seen James Cameron's... It's his first film. It's garbage. Yeah, but I haven't seen it. So I'm going with what I have seen. Now, this is two and a half hours of just colour. Yeah. With a shit... With a, don't don't it try... Made, it made it, it billions made of dollars. Two, it made, I'll tell you how much it made. It made... Two billion three hundred fifty-eight million nine hundred eighteen thousand dollars. Yeah, which a is a shitload of money. Yep. Don't get me wrong, but other than it being visually stunning, there's not a lot going on with that movie. It's been ripped off from all these movies have been ripped off from other things. Yep. There's no really original plot line going on there. Yep. And it's crap. Crapola. I, I disagree. I think that there's a lot of value in the filmmaking techniques nah. and a lot of value nah. in the actual 
you know, the visualness of that of that movie is actually very good. I disagree. I think uh, if I mean, you're going I think after this Cameron, is probably a stretch because I, I, there's, there's a lot of directors I don't really know, and I haven't seen a lot of the the B grade movies or C grade D grade movies. But I really didn't like Avatar, and this is my personal list, so I'm going Avatar. Okay, well, I see your Avatar, and I'm going to raise you, Paul Verhoeven. Now, Paul Verhoeven, if you don't know Paul Verhoeven, he did RoboCop. Uh, he did Total Recall, Basic Instinct, uh, Starship Troopers, Hollow Man. Hollow Man is actually not a bad film. It's not a bad movie. It's not a bad film. It's, look, it's, certainly not, it's not brilliant, but it's certainly it's better than, than some of them. The one that I'm going to line up now is Showgirls. And Showgirls is just an absolute garbage fest to the max. It has no value whatsoever. Paul Verhoeven's always been a little bit about sex, drugs, and nudity. Yep. Um, Showgirls is just that ramped up to eleven. Uh, very poor acting, just terrible, terrible. Was supposed to be a, a big showmaker for uh, Elizabeth Berkeley, who was just like wooden to the max. But there is nothing, nothing of value in this film at all. I think it's got a bit of a cult following, and it's nothing like Starship Troopers, which is actually a very great parody. Yeah, it's one of those I haven't, I haven't really seen. I think I've seen Starship Troopers with you. Yeah. But I don't remember. Don't remember a lot of it. It's it's actually a really great little parody. I don't think Casper Van Diem knew he was in a parody, but it, he certainly didn't act like he was. Is that, um, Neil Patrick Harris. Neil Patrick Harris is in it as well. But it's actually a great film. Uh, it's one of those ones that. But Showgirls just doesn't doesn't do anything for me at all, and it's utter utter garbage. All right. So my <clears throat> my one's a director who I know have had had worse movies. Yep. And has a lot of worse movies in his time. I'm going Steven Spielberg. Yep. I haven't seen 1971 or 1941. 1941, yep. I haven't seen that. I've heard it's rubbish, but I haven't seen it. Yep. I'm going Indiana Jones and yep. the Kingdom of Crystal Skulls. Yeah, I think that's right. I think that's absolutely right. And look, are you going to give a little crown to George Lucas as well? You're just you putting this all on Spielberg? No, I'm going to put it on Spielberg. I mean, I know Lucas wrote it. Yep. Or helped write it. But, I mean... It's it made it six hundred and one million dollars in profit, yep. which is just utter ridiculous. That, that's a this is what I hate about movies is they're just cashing in on old franchises. Yeah, they're not, it's they're certainly not re, a name. They're not redoing it like they did with Star Wars. Yep. and re trying to imagine it. They're just going straight in for the old kill, throwing in the Shia LaBeouf does nothing. Yeah, a very very elderly kind of Harrison Ford Who's trying not to, believable at all trying to throw himself around a bit. But no, and and everyone knows now we've now got a new Jump the Shark out of that movie, which is. Uh, you know, nuke the fridge where he yeah. he he manages to. Not survive. only does he does he survive a nuclear blast, and the giant fridge you know flying in midair. Yeah. Um. He survives all the radiation afterwards as well. That's right. And and then we also introduce a supernatural element and a, a, a an alien, alien element. Wasn't needed. I mean, it, was, it was so. Indiana Jones is so wonderful and yeah. so special in that in that regard. And then they just throw the extraterrestrial. Yeah. When, Funny when, George Lucas. Actually, no. I'm adding George Lucas now. <laughs> He's coming back. Fuck George you, Lucas. Because you could have George Lucas very easily on this list with all of the prequels. Keeping in mind that he only directed the first Star Wars and then he, he palmed off the other two. I think he palmed off the other two. He definitely didn't didn't direct Jedi. Um, but he then came back and did the prequels, and they were not good, George. No, they were rubbish. And and now but he's I think, I think that's more the writing. I think visually they weren't bad. Oh, they weren't great. The, the pacing was terrible. Uh, the acting yeah, that, that's was writing. Wooden. That's writing again. Yeah, but you get your best. At, yeah, you. But he wrote them too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So I'm saying he's, yeah, he's, but his direction wasn't good either. Oh, the the, the lightsaber battle in in uh, Phantom Menace was bloody brilliant. Yeah, in in Phantom Menace, that's the only redeeming part yeah. of the movie. Yeah, uh, I can't remember anything else. But yeah, what's well, garbage? Well, the pod racing was thrilling. Uh, well, you know, we all want to see a kid drive a car. That's <laughs> pretty much what I thought. My next one's Brian De Palma. Now, Brian De Palma is is a very very unique uh, filmmaker. You would remember him as the director of Scarface, 
uh, you'd re- remember him as as the director in more recent films. He did the Mission Impo- the first Mission Impossible, which is absolutely yeah. tense and Brilliant. fantastic. Um, Carlito's Way, you know, The Untouchables, which is widely considered one of the greatest. Uh, do you know? Actually, I actually watched this the other day. It's not a bad movie. I know you don't like Kevin Costner. I hate Kevin Costner, but it's actually not a bad movie. Um, Sean Connery is very good in it. Yep. Kevin Costner is very good in it. Uh, and Anthony Anthony Napoleon. Anthony Napoleon. Yep. Yeah, is very good in it as well. Yeah, so there's, there's you it's know, not a bad movie. he's not bad in, in there. He then does Carlito's Way with Pacino again. Mission Impossible's '96. He then makes Mission to Mars in 2000. Now, this is a, a Gary Sinise monstrosity, and I actually really do like Gary Sinise. I know you have a soft spot for Gary. I do. I, Steve War. It's the Steve War thing that I, he just looks exactly like Steve War the cricketer, but it's not good. It's not good. It's actually got Don Cheadle in it as well, who's who's again one of my favourites. Um, but it's not good. It uh, it ranks I think thirty four as a meta score, uh, about five point six. It's not it's not a good film. It's, and, not, it's uh, not a great film no. for someone like Brian De Palma, who is is really one of the is is a fantastic director. Again, he hasn't really done much after that. He kind of fell off the wayside. He did the Black Dahlia, which was actually a really interesting film. But other than that, not much more. So uh, Brian De Palma is next on my list. Yeah, um, probably going on. My list, um, so you got Cameron Crowe, yep. who yep. did some great movies like Jerry Maguire, um, Almost Famous, and then he came out with Elizabeth Town, yep. which was utterly rubbish. Um, I was forced to sit through it for some unknown reason, but it, it just really wasn't good. Yeah, it was, it was, it's bad acting, Orlando Bloom and Kirsten Dunst, it's just a typical love story, it's nothing happens, it's just a boring, boring movie from someone who made such great movies, such great speeches like Jerry Maguire yeah, yeah. Um, and just gave us a lot of crap in Elizabethtown. His, his last one also, Aloha with Bradley Cooper and um, Emma Stone didn't do very well. No, either. it wasn't It wasn't really well uh, rated at the box. I didn't see it, but it was yeah, what after Elizabethtown, I've kind of backed off a bit. My next one's Sam Raimi and Sam Raimi would be my next one because of Spider-Man 3. I think, look, I'm I'm definitely going with with Spider-Man Three. I just don't think it's a particularly good film, and I think that it misses the very very good parts of Spider-Man One and Two. It it overcrams the villains. It's it, it's an over reliance on on a ridiculous subplot where Tobey Maguire becomes emo and, and sings dances. And dances. It's just not very good. And so after that, he really doesn't do a lot. He's been kind of involved in other areas, but he, he's done a fair bit of writing. Uh, and and uh, and stuff, but he actually he came back with he wrote Drag Me to Hell. If you've never seen Drag Me to Hell, I reckon that is a cracking. Which I film. haven't seen. It is brilliant. I, I it didn't do a lot of business, I don't think, and I don't know that it was super well rated. It's an eighty three on Metascore though, which is actually pretty, pretty high. Pretty high, yeah. But it's got Alison Lohman and Justin Long in it. It's actually hilarious. It is directed by Sam Raimi as well, so he comes back and directs it and wrote it. But that was his follow up to Spider Man Three, a far better film than Spider Man Three. Sam but, Raimi also did Oz the Great and Powerful too, which, which was not not good. good not it's good. not good. But Spider Man Three, Spider Man Two got it so right. Yeah. And I'm not sure if it was the the uh, studio meddling or yep. him just going completely batshit crazy, but Spider-Man Three was just a mess of a movie. It was, it really was, and it wasn't good. And uh, and for that, it's going on on my list as uh, as a great director gone bad. Now my my next one, I haven't, I don't like Lord of the Rings. No, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings I, fan I either. I really dislike Lord of the Rings. The only movie I've ever fallen asleep in was The Two Towers. Yep. At the movies, but I have seen the Hobbit movies. Yep. And they are the biggest load of shit I've ever seen in my whole life. Right. I mean, the event, Desolation of Smog. Yeah. Smog. Smog. Which was really well done by Benedict Cumberbatch. I mean, it was really well done. I've actually watched behind the scenes as well because I really liked Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah. And his, they actually motion captured his face as a dragon and it's so well done. But the rest of the movie, they've taken a book that's smaller 
than Lord of the Rings book. Yep. I made it three movies. I mean, again, it's that commercialization of, of just sucking that the franchise it's dry. Sucking, it's the same as bloody Hunger Games. Yeah. I mean, I'm different different category, but Hunger Games did the exact same thing. Splitting a book that was the same size as the other two movies into two parts and give us one of the worst movies ever made. Yeah, that's right. And I just think it's such a shame when you, you suck dry a franchise like that, where the fanboys will just pony up the cash uh, with not a lot of value. And I think the Lord of the Rings movie is a lot of walking anyway. And The Hobbit was really just what more, more, more walking. More walking, yeah. a little bit more action. And I really like Martin Freeman and and, uh, and those you know those guys in there are fine. I just just don't think it's there's a lot of value in it. Imagine if it was a really tight one film with a lot of action and a lot of the garbage cut out. I think you just would have got a much better a much experience. Better exactly. You don't need to make so much. I mean, they're already making billions of dollars off the, Hob- off the Lord of the Rings. They're just cashing in now. Ridley Scott's my next one. And Ridley Scott is responsible for some of my favorite films of all time. Blade Runner. Uh, he directed Alien, which I think is, is probably the perfect horror film of all time. You said that before, yeah. Uh, recently did The Martian, which is a brilliant movie brilliant. By, uh, with, uh, with Matt Damon. If you ever seen The Martian... Really go out and watch it. It's one of those ones that really surprises you. It is really good. There's a couple in here though that I could throw in quite easily. Ridley Scott is one of those guys that has a, has had as many misses as he has hits. Really, I think. Uh, For every Matchstick Men, what a great movie! Matchstick and Men, and what a great quietly. movie we get. Gi Jane. Yep. For every Gladiator, Gladiator, we get Gladiator. Robin Hood. Uh, which one? The Russell Crowe abomination. Okay, yeah. And the, the thing that annoys me about the Russell Crowe abomination that was Robin Hood was supposed to actually be called Nottingham. And it was actually about... Russell Crowe was supposed to be playing the Sheriff of Nottingham, who was actually the good guy in this version and h- hunting down Robin Hood, the bad guy. Well, that sounds like a different version. Sounds like a much different version, a yeah. different take. Instead, we got another retelling of the same old boring crap, Russell Crowe being Russell Crowe. Yeah. Right? And then we come to Prometheus, which when you take Alien as what it should be, and you make it that, it's not good. No. And Alien, you know, when we, we were back to the Ridley Scott Alien, we think, here we go, we're going to get tight, psychological horror, you know, very con- confined, and then we get really dumb people making really dumb decisions. It's not a great film. And he's now coming back, he's going to do Alien Covenant in next year, which I'm a little bit worried about, if that's what we're going to get, which is basically the follow-up to Prometheus, but at least it has Alien in the title. So... Uh, that's why really Scott's on this list as well. Yeah, no, fair enough, fair enough. Um, I'm going Robert Rodriguez, my next one. What? Get out. <laughs> yeah, like, I can't really love Robert Rodriguez. I mean, how can you not love his movie Desperado from Dust Till Dawn? And he made a movie called Spy Kids. Yep. Which wasn't bad. I'm not going to put Spy Kids. Which he made for his kids. Yeah, which isn't bad. But then he went on to make bloody Adventures of Shark Boy and Lava Girl in 3D. Yeah, it was which, in 3D. Yeah, but it's just... More of that money-grabbing bullshit. You're not making good movies. You're just spawning out remakes that's just not good. But don't the Kitty Links, Links love it? Don't they think it's awesome? My kids hate it. My kids didn't even watch it. Right. They started watching it. I actually turned it off halfway because of how crap it was. I mean, it's just one of those things that is really, really bad. And it's just bad acting. It's not a good story. You're just throwing mo- money at trying to get kids in the movie theaters. Yeah, but I think... I when, think when you have Pixar who are doing it so well. Yeah, And you've right. got this crap... These crap... Um, Stories coming through that are meant to just be bright colours and in three D. Yeah, I think you're being I think you're being rough on that. I think that that's no, I'm not being rough on it at all. I think you're being rough. I'm gonna be rough. Okay, I've got two more to go. The next one is a bit of a a personal hero of mine, uh, who has made what is uh, I think arguably the best action film we've ever seen. Yep, John McTiernan, director of Die Hard. Yep, 
Fantastic film. The best action, best action movie ever. Utterly brilliant. He's also done stuff like Predator. He's done The Hunt for Red October. Which is apparently really good. I haven't seen it. He also did... Now, most people would say that the movie that you want to throw in there is The Last Action Hero, which I will not stand for. No. I'm going to no. put it in there as a guilty... We know it was in there as a guilty pleasure. You love that movie. But I'm going to throw it in there. What, what I'm actually going to throw in is Rollerball. The Chris Klein monstrosity that straight after American Pie, when suddenly people decided Chris Klein was an action hero. Okay. Um, they remade Rollerball. And um, I'm just going to throw it out there, guys. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good. Uh I went to a... I'm fairly sure there was a lock-in at my local cinema where they did three movies in a row. I remember the middle one being Rollerball. I don't remember what the other two were. And I get, gave up after Rollerball. I well, said, in fairness... I'm done. Yeah, you do remember Rollerball for being so bad. So is that a bad thing? No, it's a very bad thing. It's If I can remember it on the basis that it's utter garbage, I think you should be ashamed of yourself, John McTen, and I'm going to call it right now. He followed that up with Basic, which is a, a tight little thriller with uh, Sam Jackson and, and John Travolta. And then nothing after that. So, okay. Rollerball killed his spirit. Kill, killed his spirit. It killed John McClane. It killed John McClane, the director <laughs> of John McClane. Yeah, I think I'm out now. All I've, right. I've got no more. My very last one, then, is a is someone that I actually love. And I, I think this is actually a little bit unfair. Is it Kill me. Bill? It's not. Oh, how dare you? <laughs> I no, kill, I love Kill Bill. I, just, I will change your name just to kill you. It's, it's on a lot of people's lists, so I just Well, that's might, garbage. I, I think I if you're going to have kill a crack Bill. at Tarantino, I'd be, I'd be calling... Death Proof or Jackie Brown. I think they're his two weakest films. But I still don't think that they deserve to be on this list. No, I, think I, I don't agree. They're, they're, they're interesting they're just on other people's list. The one I'm going to really call, I think it's actually very unfair, and I'll tell you why. But uh, it's David Fincher. And David Fincher is a very young uh, director who could possibly be this generation's, almost after Tarantino, could be its most promising and best director uh, of the new crop coming through. David Finch has done some amazing stuff. He's done stuff that you will you would love to have on your on your record. He's got Fight Club, um, which the is game in yeah, my top three movies yeah, of all time. The game with uh, with uh, Michael Douglas, which is actually really good, probably one of my favorite thrillers of all time. In Seven, what's in the box? That, what's in the box? I, I watched Seven recently because everyone keeps ranting about it. And what a freaking cracking movie! It is, is unbelievably good. Uh, and and uh, Kevin Spacey turning up, even though he's in the credits, just kind of blows my mind that he's in there for such a small amount of time. But boy, does he have an impact when God, he turns just, up. It's, 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 like, it's like um Silence of the Lambs with... Um, yeah, with Anthony Hopkins. Anthony Hopkins. He, he, it's unbelievable. But he keeps going. He's got the Zodiac. Uh, I really like Zodiac Zodiac too. was great. Yeah, Robert Downey Jr. is in there. He's great. Jake Gyllenhaal's in there as well. He's really good. Social Mark, Network. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah, Mark Ruffalo. Social Network is great. Is I actually even though I haven't seen it's actually really good. I I don't have Facebook, so I don't didn't care at all. But I actually really enjoyed that movie, and I thought Jesse Eisenberg was great. The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, the, remake, the American remake, I thought was really good. That's without uh, James Bond. With that, uh, with Daniel Craig. Yep. And Gone Girl, which was a, oh, an absolute cracking thriller as well. Scary, scary movie. So the one I want to go back to was really his first movie. Which, which is was, harsh. Yeah, it's it's harsh, but he's he's such a good director. It's the, the only one you could find. But Alien 3. Alien yeah. 3. Yeah. And the reason I say this was because he had a very interesting concept for Alien 3. And the studio got involved and pushed him around. And as a young first-time director, he wasn't strong enough to really hold up on that. But there's some fascinating document, documentaries in the back end uh, of the Alien box set, if you've seen it, where he really talks about how difficult that was. But it's not a good film. Uh, and it's not a bad concept when you look at it where you've got uh, a, a, like a, a prison ship 
and uh, and what happens if, if an alien goes through there. But it's not good, and it doesn't sit well after James Cam- Cameron's amazing aliens. Yeah. Um, but that's the that's the follow up, and I think it's a bit unfair on David Fincher, but he's the director. He puts his name to it, and and that that's what didn't comes they take out it off him in the end? And they changed things about yeah, it. Yeah, I think they really... They, they really, like, they really changed a lot at the end, at the, in the back end. They didn't even tell him, I think, what was the story coming out of Hollywood. Yeah, and I think the Alien the Alien trilogy, uh, quadrilogy, has some issues because the fourth one was written by Joss Whedon. And Joss Whedon had an amazing script about what, it's, what, it's, what it means to be a clone and that kind of psychological damage that that does to someone that then they work out they are a clone. Yeah. Um, and that just got mangled as well. So... Um, the the alien guys have had a fair bit of issues with that, and then we had Prometheus after that, and we're now back to the well with Ridley Scott. And unfortunately, I've we found out there's also another alien coming from Neil Blomkamp, who, quite frankly, is is on this list as well because Neil Blomkamp started so amazingly well with District Nine, uh, and my wife will hate that because she utterly hated that <laughs> film, but yeah. I didn't mind it. It was, took me a second view to actually enjoy it because I didn't like it the first time I saw it, but he's done nothing of value since. Um, and really has struggled, uh, and and really you know has made Chappie. He made uh, Elysium, which wasn't great either. And he's he's really struggled to, to find his feet after after District Nine. And I think that leads really nicely into the one that we could probably could have called this list. We really could have called this list the Shyamalan. Yes, because M Night Shyamalan is is one of those directors that you cannot have a conversation about falling off the rails without talking him. And we all know he started with The Sixth Sense. And the problem was he started so well with The Sixth Sense. The Sixth Sense is great. It is a brilliant movie. It is tense. The twist is genuinely shocking. Um, And I'm actually going to spoil it. So spoilers if you haven't seen The Sixth (coughs) Sense. Um, Bruce Willis is actually a good actor. That's the spoiler. No, 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 that's not oh, the twist. Oh, sorry, I thought that was the twist. No, because he's still horrible. He's not too bad, come on. No, nah, I do like Die Hard. Um, no, and then you've got just the murky crap after that. I actually really liked Unbreakable. I was one of those ones that I liked second, second Breakable. It's a, it's a it's an origin story for what is essentially a superhero movie. Uh, it's Bruce Willis who is unbreakable. He he is, um, you know, he's he finds that he's basically indestructible. He's been living a normal life without knowing that this is the case and he gets in a train accident and doesn't have doesn't have any injuries and they kind of work out trying to work back why that's the case and it yep. fi- he finds that he's basically indestructible um, and the villain in that is Sam Jackson who you don't know is a villain up until Shyamalan Twist uh, is actually the bad guy in this in this movie and he is so brittle so he's the opposite to okay. to uh, to Bruce Willis's character okay, cool. um, it's actually not a bad little, little film sounds pretty good he goes off the rails after that Signs wasn't good and Signs had a really dumb twist uh, where and and he he felt this pressure of having to have a twist on every every yeah. film, and then we had the village, which oh, wasn't the, good. the village. I saw in the movies, and it was the worst movie it's of not, all time. It's not good. And then we got right up until Lady in the Water, and Lady in the Water was basically the most self-serving piece of nonsense. Shyamalan also had this thing where he had to inject himself into movies as well, Alfred Hitchcock style. Um, so he would actually be in in movies, and he was taking bigger and bigger parts. And the thing that finds out really quickly is he's not a good actor. Well, no, I don't, I don't, they should step in and go, no, bad Shyamalan. So, yeah, so, so basically, you know, I think he's starting to come back. He's done a couple of things that have actually been a bit smaller and starting to get a little bit more, um, a little bit more traction. But he, you can't have a conversation about this, this topic without talking about him. Not yeah, Shyamalan. Started just, with so much promise. He started so high. That's the biggest problem. He started so high, got all the Oscars and got all the praise, and then he was forced to follow it up, and it wasn't. A bad movie afterwards, you said. So then, yeah, he had to try even bigger and it just failed miserably. Yeah, it wasn't good. And I think, you know, I'm really hoping he comes back because he has a lot of talent. Um, he also did The Last Airbender, 
which which is was, one, was bit, utter it's, it's been told one of the worst movies of all time. So you know, I really do hope that he he starts to strip back um, his methodology and really starts um, coming back into it because he's he's gone back into TV now. He's done Wayward Pines, which actually has has a fair bit of yeah, I've heard that's really good um, critical success. And I, I actually think The Visit is the next movie that he did. It was actually got some relatively good marks. But he also did After Earth. So he basically, he did The Happening. Oh, the happen- I can't believe we haven't talked about The Happening. The worst pile of garbage I think I've Marky, ever seen. Marky Mark. Marky Mark is a science teacher. First of all, that is not believable in anyone's world. M. Knight. M. Knight. Yeah, but... Did- <laughs> Are you listening to M. Knight? Marky Mark is not a science teacher. John Leguizamo in there is slumming it. The most hilarious, unintentionally hilarious film you've ever seen where people are laying down in front of lawnmowers. And what do we find the twist is? It's the fucking, fucking trees. trees that are killing people. Seriously, this is the bad guy. In- that is the bad guy <laughs> in The Happening. Th- that that might be a whole segment onto itself. Piles of garbage. That would be top <laughs> of the list. But he does, th- that's where he left off. And then he hit After Earth. After after the, the last airbend, he did After Earth. I really hope... He's gone off the rails. I really hope he comes back with in style because he is actually a very good actor, a very good director. Don't say director. Don't say actor. He's, he needs to get away from the, in front of the camera, get behind it, and strip it right back to something what, like the Sixth Sense was. It was tight and tense, and really didn't have a, a, an ending that no one, anyone could pick. And it's something that we hadn't seen before. And because it was so popular, he tried to replicate it. Constantly. What, what would be a twist is him not doing a twist. I think that would be a twist. Yeah. I would really enjoy that. Just being a straight out, straight out, fan, again, straight out uh, ending. So I really hope he comes back in a style, but I'm calling that segment the Shyamalan, and I think that's a good place to end it as any. You're in the uh, danger zone! I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore! Get your shit together! Get it all together, and put it in a backpack! Jake and the Neverland Pirates! I'm going to warn you right now, I'm going to try and do a rant. You can hear my voice isn't fantastic, but I'm still going to rant because I have a serious issue with something it's not movie related not music not TV show related it's just about life in general yep so everyone sit cross-legged <laughs> on the floor Jake's going to give you a lesson about life I'm going to give you a lesson about life now right out the bat I'm not going to scream and shout like Shannon does That's is not, there going to be Sandler related no okay. I'm, I'm, I might try and reference Sandler <laughs> in there somehow good but I'll, I'll try but I'm, I'm not a screamer I'm not a yeller I'm not overly loud like Shannon is but something really ticks me off this week this week I mean, for people who don't know me, backstory quickly, I work in an entertainment business. Yep. So I work with a lot with children when sure. school kids come, come in. Now, for me, school kids need to be at fucking school. Mm. If I have one more curriculum day, report writing day, fucking teacher reflection day, research day, I'm going to lose my freaking little mind. Mm. It's fantastic for me because I, I love the money. Who doesn't love money? But when they don't come to fucking school, they don't learn shit. And they're rude, stupid, arrogant little children who don't have any idea what the hell is going on in the world. Now, when I was at high school, we had one day a week off, if we were lucky, with a public holiday or a school curriculum day. If we were really, really lucky, report writing day. That's really lucky. Now, every single Monday or Friday, I have a different school with a different freaking holiday for unknown reasons. Now, can you tell me why... The children aren't at school learning. Why teachers need reflection day? Reflection day is a real thing. It is a real thing, Shannon. Reflection day on fucking God knows what. But when we were in school, we're not any smarter than the children who are now. We're the same freaking IQ, but they have more days off and are ruder and ruder for it. Now, children, get to fucking school 
stop skipping class, and when teachers have report writing day, or fucking any other day, read a goddamn book and learn something. Because I'm sick and tired of your bullshit attitude. Rant over. He's sick, and I think that makes him 90% angrier. So that, that was the rant for, uh, for this. And that closes very nicely. Uh, episode 11 of the Mars Podcasters. It went quick. It went very quick. But the benefit is there is yet another episode coming and yet another episode until the government stops us. I'm not <laughs> going to stop podcasting until they tell us we're not allowed to. But from me, uh, thanks for listening, and we'll talk to you soon. And from Jake. Peace out. Okay, you ready to call the outro? Yeah, man, ready to go. Let's okay. go. Let's no do movie, it. No moving the cliches. Okay, no problem. Keep it tight. All right. Okay. When you're ready. In a world. Come on, that's the most obvious one. Okay, all right. Let's okay. Keep uh, it tight. On the edge of space. Space? We're well, in a freaking, freaking bedroom. I'm trying to keep it interesting. Come on. We're in a bedroom. Movies. It's tight. One man. There's two of us. Uh, two women. But we're men. Okay. Two idiots have a podcast. They talk about stuff and nonsense. If you'd like to join in that conversation, you can email them at themasspodcasters at gmail.com or hit them up on Facebook. Is that so hard? Yeah, my voice hurts a little. I got tickle. The first one that I will talk about is the first one. It will be the very first one that I will talk about. Are you going to tell us the person you're going to talk about? Or? Why would I do that? That would sound that, ridiculous that, to I mean, me. We are talking to an audience who are listening. <laughs>